it's been a while since I've been inside and had to figure this out. It's good to see you guys. I, uh, I wanted to point out a couple things I wore this morning. I wore my mask because it matches my cool Steelers shirt. Uh, this, is, this is the first weekend of football, so we are going to watch some Steelers tomorrow night on Monday Night Football and uh, drown our sorrows of the baseball and the hockey seasons in the Steelers winning the Super Bowl, right? Uh, there's a very tepid response in the room today. Uh, while, while Pam was up there saying that, and just some of the stuff we were processing during worship, I was remembering in Romans 8, it talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God. Look at your neighbor and say nothing. And if, if you're at home this morning, look at yourself in the mirror or hold up your camera, take a selfie and say nothing to yourself. Nothing can separate us, no matter if it's, if it's physical distance in the room, if it's being online, if it's having to wear a mask or not. Nothing can separate us from his love. There really is a place that you can go to, no matter where you are physically located, where he is there. You can stop whatever you're doing. I believe the moment you turn your attention to him, he's right there reminding you, my presence is real. I'm with you. I'm here, and we're going to make it together. So I just encourage you in that. Romans 8, go read that again. And just read that whole list. If there is nothing, neither height nor depth, nor angels or demons, nothing can separate us from the great love that he has for us. So obviously, uh, thanks for being flexible and moving inside with us this morning, a week before we had scheduled to do it. Uh, we, we were a little scaled back because we were, were planning next week to be actually in here. So this morning was kind of a last minute. Hey, Tyler's getting a text at eight o'clock saying we're going to be back inside. Make that happen today. So thanks, Tyler and Lydia. We appreciate you guys so much. And uh, we started a series last week called Better Together. And there really are things that we are better together. We're not meant to handle and process everything that life throws at us by ourselves. We need people to be around us, to pray for us, to encourage us, to lift our arms up when we're weak. So that's what we've been talking about. And uh, for those of you that are online, we love you and we miss you. We, we can't wait to see you and, and just greet you in person at some point. So thanks for being faithful, for tuning in even. Uh, I had a, a question as, as we're thinking about this series and Better Together and, and the things that are with us. Uh, if you were going to be marooned on an island for a year and you could only take one thing, what would it be? And, and I know it would not be a stupid volleyball that you're going to talk to because you've been a castaway for so long. Uh, what, what would it be? What would you take with you? Just even yell out, throw, throw out some answers. Yeah, that's the, the classic Christian answer because we are in church this morning is I would take my Bible if I was marooned on a desert island. Uh, how, many, how many of you feel like if we're in church, that should be the answer? What, what are some other answers that, that probably we would hear from people though? I, I think what I would... You would take your cell phone, a radio, some way to listen to music. Come on, these are, I guess it would, what was that? Ah, Andrea said she would take a chicken to lay eggs so she could eat every morning. That's, you're really thinking, you're on the ball this morning. Uh, Yeah, maybe you would take some books, maybe you would take the radio, your fishing pole so you could have some food. I, I actually thought I would take pants because nobody on a desert island is, anyway. Um, out of all these things we're thinking about, though, what you would take with you, because some things make it better to be by ourselves on a moon, on a desert island, how come nobody ever says, I would take a friend? 
You ever think about that? Aren't, aren't two people better together? Like, like, you know, a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Two are better together. They have a return for their labor. When one falls, the other one can help them up. Uh, I would personally, if I was going to be stranded on an island for a year, I would have to take Pam because I know that I couldn't even survive here if Pam wasn't around, let alone on a desert island. So that's, that's my answer, and I am sticking to it. <laughs> Pam's, Pam's saying, well done, good answer, but I think she doesn't believe me at all. But think about it for a second. Wait, why would we not say, like, I would take another person with me? Because we weren't created to be alone or separate. We were created to be with people in community to help each other. And things, bad things are happening because of isolation right now. There are people that are not healthy, and I'm not talking about just in their physical body. There are people that are not healthy right now because they've been isolated, and they need people to surround them. Even if we're not physically right with each other, they need to know that we are in it together with each other. So uh, spiritually, physically, emotionally, there are things that we need from each other that we are better together. Even I was thinking about spiritually. How many people do you know that have gotten off track in their faith or deceived because they didn't have other people around them to bounce things off of? Come on, like, hey, this is, I think I heard from Jesus today that I'm supposed to kill all the neighbors. Like, like that's a crazy example, right? Nobody here has ever said that in this room, but hopefully when the crazy stuff comes out because the enemy's trying to deceive us, you're around other people that would say, hey, Steve, I, I don't think you're hearing Jesus on that one. Let's, let's sit down and talk together and see what the Bible really says and let's ask somebody we trust. We are better together, but bad things happen when we're not together. So we inherently should know we weren't created to be alone and especially right now. We're trying to figure out how to be better together even when we're physically distanced. And uh, we said last week to start this series, the problem comes up because sometimes together is hard. Did you ever get tired of being together with somebody? How, how many have had a quarantine period where it's like, hey, I didn't know how it was to actually be 24-7 around the people in my family. Sometimes together is hard. If you're around another person for any length of time, there will come some point where they rub you the wrong way. You disagree about something. You get upset with each other. So even if you got to take a friend to the desert island with you, eventually you'd have a little bit of friction because we're people, and that's just what happens. Maybe your friend that you took, you didn't know, but they chew with their mouth open all the time. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down the list of my personal ones, and eventually we'll be, you guys will relate on one of them. Maybe, maybe they're on the desert island and they drive too slow, and you're going <laughs> to... There's only two of us here. How could you go so slow to go get the coconuts this morning? I don't, I don't know. There's something that would eventually happen that we'd be upset with them. Thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about things that if we do them, we will be better together, that we won't rub each other the wrong way, we won't get angry, or we'll be able to process those times that we do get angry because we're following what Jesus teaches us in the Bible. If we do all the stuff that's in Scripture, we will be better together, and that is part of our witness as the church. When the world is looking at us, they should see a group of people that act like a family that loves each other, and it should be attractive to the world. There really is something that we're better together, and it's, it's part of our witness. And uh, I was actually, on a little bit of a serious note, I was thinking this week about some of the things that we have been through together, not just the recent stuff with corona and race tensions and all these things, but uh, this week we celebrated and remembered the anniversary of 9-11. Uh, how many of you remember exactly where, if you were born, how many of you remember exactly where you were when 9-11 happened? 
I vividly, I know right where I was, who was with me, what was going on, seeing the planes and the towers. That was a national trauma. That was something that we all went through together and we needed each other. Most of us have some kind of memory, even if you weren't born yet, uh, most of us have some kind of memory associated with 9-11 and what it means. And there were all kinds of aspects. As I was watching some of the remembrances this week and and people talking about it, there were all kinds of aspects of 9-11 that we needed each other for. We, we prayed together. We grieved together. We helped each other. We really were better together. And uh, I saw one story this week. It was actually a friend of mine was talking about it. It made me wonder what would happen or how would things be different if we really took the one another's of Scripture to heart, if we really did the things that we're talking about in this series. Uh, I have a pastor friend that leading up to 9-11 there was a certain gas station that he stopped every day. He was on his way to work or school. He would stop and get a soda and something else to eat. And he stopped there every day for months leading up to 9-11. And there were, there were two guys that worked in the gas station that he interacted with almost every day for, for a couple months leading up to 9-11. And in retrospect, as, as he's processing all this, those two guys that he interacted with every morning, they were on one of the planes on 9-11 that morning. And uh, the reason they were on the plane was they had actually, they were one of two of the terrorists and they had helped kill the flight crew and were about to crash the plane into the Pentagon. And I mean, these guys, they were, they were bent and set on evil. So who knows if anything could have detracted them from their purpose. But my pastor friend that had seen these two guys every day for months when he realized who they were and saw the news reports, he began to process these emotions of, hey, I didn't really reach out to those guys at all. In fact, they, their attitude kind of rubbed me the wrong way. They were different. I just kind of wrote them off like, oh, it's just the gas station workers. I don't want to really get to know them or hear their story. And he actually began to process, what if? Like, could I have made any difference if I would have reached out, if I would have loved, if I would have shown some kind of love and compassion and care for them, would it made a difference in their lives? Uh, maybe, maybe not, but it really made me think about the people that we often just ignore or write off because, oh, it's, it's those left-wing fascists, or it's those right-wing fascists, or it's those protesters, or it's the people that we don't care about. They're different. I don't want to be around them. I don't like their attitude. They rub me the wrong way. What if we overcame some of those things and actually began to do the one another's of Scripture with the people around us, even the ones that we don't like sometimes? Uh, some of the one another's in life that we encounter, those people around us, there really are people in life that want to do us harm. Does anybody know anybody like that? There may be people that pop into your mind right now that you're like, I've been avoiding them for months or years because they want to do me harm. And, and I will tell you this morning, leading off, there is a real enemy, and it's not a person. Come on. The, the enemy that we're battling against doesn't have flesh and blood. It's not skin and bones people. There is a real enemy. It is the devil. But I will also tell you that sometimes the devil will stoke the fires of hate and discord through people. And you begin to feel like that person's wanting to attack me. They, are my, they don't like me. They're, they're out to get me. That person is my enemy. They sure feel like enemies, even though I know my battle's not with flesh and blood. And even those people, Jesus had something to say about of how we treat them. And that was, I wanted to read a couple verses this morning. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 43, this is what Jesus was telling the people as he was teaching them. He says, your ancestors have been taught, love your neighbors, and hate the one that hates you. 
Come on, how many of you know that's the way the world rolls? That's, that's what the world tells you to do. Treat others the way you're, they're treating you. If they're mean to you, just give it to them back. Has anybody ever, you ever have a parent or a grandparent that gave you that advice? Oh, fight fire with fire. Give them what they're giving you. Like, that's the way the world operates. And Jesus said, you've been taught love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. However, everybody say however with me. There's a lot of howevers that Jesus teaches us. This is what the world wants you to do. This is what the enemy wants you to do. But this is what I want you to do as a son or daughter of the king, as a citizen of his kingdom. This is how we should act. And he says, however, I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. This is like one of those scriptures that you're like, ah, Jesus, did you have to put this one in there? This really steps on my toes, Jesus. Could you just take it easy for a minute? But that's how we are supposed to act towards the enemies in our lives. The kingdom of God really goes against the grain of what the world teaches us. Rudeness does not justify rudeness. Come on. Treat, treat people the way they treat you is not the way the kingdom teaches us. And Jesus tells us something completely different. Uh, last week, thank you, Andrea, for leading communion last week. I thought that was great. It resonated with me all week long. Uh, the, the theme during communion, we were, reminded, we were reminded that there is benefit in doing things that we don't feel like doing. And this, for me, like this verse is at the top of that list. This is not something I feel like doing, Jesus. This is, this is not something I'm sitting at home thinking, man, I, come on. Does anybody do this? Do you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, I can't wait to meet somebody that treats me bad today. I can't wait to see those people that hate me and persecute me. Yes, this is going to be awesome because I, I just read this verse in Matthew and I can't wait to do that. That's not what we do at all. That's not something we feel like doing. But it is really something that we do out of obedience and there is benefit that rolls into our lives when we do what Jesus tells us to do and how we treat others. That's a good word right there, Pastor Chris. Thanks for sharing it. I, I'm, I'm saying that to me as much as I'm saying it to anybody. Um, loving my enemy, not the first thing I think of. In fact, it probably doesn't even make my top 10 in the morning. Loving my enemy is really something that I have to meditate on and work on and ask Jesus to help me by the power of his spirit. Um, it says, do something wonderful for the one that hates you. Come on, that I can't even... That's that is, goes, it is a paradigm I don't have in me right now. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. And I did, I did think this, and, and I had to clarify it. When, when Jesus says that, he means do something wonderful for them. Like, like, hey, I think it would feel pretty wonderful if I just popped you in the mouth right now. That's not what he means. He doesn't mean do what you think would feel wonderful. He's saying do what would be wonderful for them. How could we really bless them? How could we go above and beyond out of our comfort zone, out of the things that we normally think, hey, this is what I would like to do, to do something wonderful to them? That, this verse is a challenge that Jesus gave to us as his followers. The people hearing him when he first said it, the people still hearing him today. When we read his word, this is a challenge directly from Jesus for us. And I think the key to this starts with pray for them. He says, respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. I think Jesus said that because that starts the attitude change in our heart. Have you ever purposed to pray for somebody that you didn't like? 
I, I have, and I will tell you, it does something in me. Yeah, I don't know, there, there are people I've prayed for that I don't know if they've ever changed. I don't know if they had an encounter with Jesus. I don't know if they've become nice people, but it did something in me where it changed my attitude towards them. It's very difficult to stay angry, upset, and hurt at somebody that you're earnestly praying for every day. And if we can get to that place where Jesus says, hey, start by praying for the people that hurt you and persecute you, then I believe those other things don't become so difficult. The, hey, how could I do something wonderful for the one who hates me? How can I bless them? That's not as hard if I've been praying for them. And Jesus actually says, for that reason, in, in verse 45, it says, for that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly father. Come on, he's kind by bringing sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh whether a person does what is good or evil. <laughs> when we begin to pray, when we begin to bless even our enemies and the people we don't like, that is a witness to the world. It begins to show, hey, I, I am a Christian. I am a Jesus follower. I'm a son of the most high God. One of the ways that becomes evident to the people around me is when I do stuff like this, when I begin to bless in response to being hated and persecuted. And it's just, it's part of the, his challenge to us when we treat people well that we have no reason to treat them that way. It demonstrates that we're God's children. Come on. This, this verse is not saying do this to earn the label of sonship. It's saying when we do this, it reveals who we are. It shows the world the character and the nature of Jesus that's being formed in us. We should want our enemies to come to know Jesus. Come on, is, is there anybody in the room that agrees with me on that one? Don't, do we want our enemies to come to know Jesus? Wouldn't that be awesome if everybody that hated you had a radical experience with Jesus where they got saved and suddenly they began to treat us differently? Ro Pam mentioned it this morning. Romans 2.4 actually says it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. It's, it's not our arguments. It's not our harshness. It's not our fighting fire with fire that gets them to see like, oh, I, I wasn't going to get saved until Steve really lit into me and let me have it. Like, but then I saw the light. Like, that's not how it works. It says God's kindness and how that flows is through us to people. His body in the world is showing his kindness to the world around us. And when we do that well, it begins to lead people to him, that they see him as he is and it changes their mind. They come to a place where, man, there really is something to this, this Jesus thing. Those people are different, and I want to know why. So love one another doesn't just apply to the people that we already love. Come on. There are people in the world that need love one another to be directed towards them, even when they're treating us ways that we would want to run from sometimes. So that's a good word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for challenging us with that. Uh, that's a one another that applies to the people who make our life difficult or the ones that we think make our life difficult. But then there really are people that are affected by the difficulties of life. How many of you know somebody right this minute, I mean, outside of yourself, because there are difficulties we all go through, but how many of you know somebody right now that's going through a difficult season in life? Come on, this, this is like, this should be almost everybody in the room raising their hands on this one. There are things that are happening that are difficult and people are going through stuff right now and they need Christians, they need us to figure out how do we function in response to that to help them. And the other verse I wanted to focus on this morning is actually in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, starting at verse 3. This is what it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Come on, right off the bat, the fact that God is merciful and comforts us should be part of what causes us to praise him. That's that's what Paul's saying in that verse. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he's merciful and he has poured out his comfort to us. That should stir, if nothing else, it doesn't matter what he's actually done for you or anything else, it should just be the fact that he is that. He's merciful and he pours out his comfort to us. He, He did things for us when we didn't deserve it at all. Thank you, God. I'm getting, something inside me is just welling up. I'm going to praise you in response to that. And it says in verse 4, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can feel better and pat ourselves on the back. Is that why he does it? Come on. Thank you. Some, some people are still with me this morning. We talk a lot about when, when stuff from God flows into our lives, we don't want to just be reservoirs. We want to be conduits to let it flow to other people. You guys know the difference, right? Reservoir takes it all in and just holds on to it. Conduit lets it flow to other people. And that's exactly what this verse is talking about with the comfort that we receive from Jesus. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Everybody say, that's our job description. That's that's part of the word telling us what we are supposed to be doing so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given to us. Come on, the the Greek word there for comfort is parakaleo, which is actually where they get the name for the Holy Spirit, where it says the comforter. That's the paraclete in Greek. So the comforter, what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, it says he's done that for us. He's poured out comfort to us. It implies to come alongside somebody to encourage them, to strengthen them. In other words, to sit right across from somebody, look them in the eyes and say, I'm here for you. We're in this together. We've got this. I'm praying for you. I'm supporting you. You're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. That's what that word comfort is implying. How many of you could picture Jesus doing that? When you got saved or when you're going through a hard time, how many of you know Jesus has been right there with you? putting his arm around you saying, I'm, I'm going to encourage you, son, daughter. We're going to get through this together. I'm with you. I can overcome all these things. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us in the Spirit. He comes right alongside of us and says, I'm here. I'm with you. We're going to get through this. And that same thing that he's done for us in the Spirit, it says we're actually supposed to do for the people around us. There are a lot of people right now even, even if they're not at a place where they're, they're welcoming you to physically sit next to them and put your arm around them, there are people that need that sentiment to say, hey, I'm with you. We might not be seeing each other right now, but I'm praying for you. You're on my heart. What do you need? Is there support that I can give to you? What's going on with you? We're in this together. We are supposed to pass on the comfort that we get from God to others. Just like he's given us his presence and encourages us, we need to be present for others to encourage them. And I, I love that it says, uh, in all of our troubles. That's a, that's a nice, polite word just for stuff. How many of you know that all of our troubles encompasses a whole lot of stuff? There's things going on in the world right now. Troubles, is, is, it means pressures, hardships, suffering, affliction, whatever's making you uncomfortable, whatever's causing you grief in your life. It could be physical pain in your body. It could be your neighbor that's running over your grass every day. I don't know, but they are all troubles that he comes right in the middle of those things to comfort us. I think Paul, if you study Paul's life, he'd been through so many troubles. He just 
said, I'm not going to give you the whole list here. I'm just going to say in all our troubles. He'd been shipwrecked, beaten the whole nine yards, and he just says, hey, in all those troubles, Jesus has comforted me, and I'm, and I'm giving it away to others. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Come on. We've seen a lot of troubles, but he is the one that's faithful in the middle of it to come and comfort us. That's why they could sing that old spiritual, nobody knows the troubles I've seen, because I've walked through them with Jesus, and he's gotten me out the other side. And that same thing that I've experienced from Jesus in all of my troubles, I want to give it away to others so that they can walk through what they're going through. The, the worst thing that you could ever do when you're going through something is just to stop, just to stop and sit down and give up. And we, we've all walked through troubles and gotten out the other side. We need to help others do that. Hey, don't stop. Let's keep going. What can we do together to get through this? He comforts us in all our troubles. It doesn't qualify in that verse. Oh, he only comforts us in the big troubles or the little troubles, like the in-between troubles, all of them. It doesn't matter what the size of what we're going through is. He's there for us, and we need to be there for each other. Think about, think about it with me for a second. What would it look like in the world right now if we really, as the body of Christ at large, took the comfort that we've received from Jesus and began to give it away to others. If, if there were people in the world without hope right now that all of a sudden Christians start surrounding them and saying, hey, there's troubles in your life, but I know a way to get through it. I, I've received something from Jesus that would make your life different too. Man, God's presence and peace really helped me get through some things. Can, could I pray with you right now that you would experience that same thing? Come on, there are things that we have experienced that are real things that have gotten us through troubles that we need to be giving away to others. So loving our enemies, comforting one another, those are things that really make us better together. And we're not supposed to be isolated right now. There are people, as we mentioned earlier, that are not doing well because they need people to surround them and say, hey, here's some comfort for you. Or, or maybe they're an enemy that we need to be praying for. Oh, Yep. All right. So there's our action item this week. <laughs> this this is what I would like you to do this week with me. And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna do this. I want us to pray daily for somebody that you don't get along with. I don't I don't know who that is. I don't think you need to, to make a whole list of a dozen people. Just just pick the first one that God brings to your mind. Whoever it may be, I want you to set aside just a few minutes. Come on, I'm, I'm not even asking. Don't spend an hour interceding and travailing for them. Like, just take a couple minutes. Start with, it should be that easy. Just take a couple minutes. Say, Lord, I just ask that you would bless, and then whoever that person is, somebody that you're not getting along with, somebody that's rubbing you the wrong way, somebody maybe even they've, they've gone out of their way to attack and harass you. And just every day this week, take a, take a minute or two in the morning to say, Lord, bless them right now. Just let them see your goodness and see what happens in that relationship. And, and I'm not saying it's all going to be fixed by next Sunday. But I know this is a good place to start to just say, hey, what, what's going to change even in me if I take a week to just begin to pray for that person that mm, I wouldn't normally think of doing anything nice for them, but I'm going to pray for them. So that's our action item this week. And that's how many of you think you could do that? Let's, and, and, and it's honest. If you don't think you could do that, don't raise your hand. I'm not, I'm not asking for that just because we're in church. Like, it should be something that's an easy place to start. To say, hey, you know, people talk all the time about the world changes one person at a time. What if there really is truth to that? 
And it starts with us praying for that person that needs to change so that the world can change. Uh, I do know it's hard to give away comfort to others if we have never received comfort from Jesus to begin with. And uh, that really is one of the first things that happens when we come to know Jesus, when we believe in him and he saves us and changes our lives. One of the first things he releases is he gives us peace and comfort in our souls. May not change our external circumstances, but something in here, peace comes and comfort comes in my soul. And uh, whether you're in this room in person with me or you're watching online, if you've never started a relationship with Jesus, it's really hard to give away comfort to others. And I, I just want to give that opportunity this morning that if you want to have something to give away, it starts by coming to know the one that gives it all to us anyway. So I just want to take a second and say, if you need to believe, if you need to make that real with him this morning, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Lord, I need the comfort and the peace that Pastor Chris is talking about. I need to know you. I need to make this real. I need to put a marker on the calendar that says, this is my day when I became a Christian, when I decided to follow you, when I became saved, Lord Jesus, come and give me your life. And if, if you've done that for the first time today, uh, I'd like you to let us know. Just send us a note, communicate with us. If you're in this room, come up and see me after service. But there really is something that he does inside of us that gives us something that's worth giving away to others. Um, so before we go, the, the last thing I wanted to say is we, we were going to have some time of prayer for healing this morning, specifically. I know there's a couple people just dealing with stuff in their bodies. So the, the ministry team's going to be up front. If you're willing to come up front and get hands laid on you, we will do that. We will anoint you with oil. We'll pray for healing and believe it. If God's already done something in your body, even while we're worshiping, just come up and testify. Come up and, and tell the ministry team, man, this is what's different in my body this morning. Uh, so I, I just believe that's one of the reasons Jesus is present by the power of his spirit is to bring healing even to our physical bodies. So uh, let's go ahead and stand together. I just want to pray for us before we go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thanks, everybody, for coming and, and helping us with the, the guidelines, getting a taste of what it's going to be like to welcome people back in the, in the building. Uh, I just appreciate all you guys being here this morning and, and worshiping with us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence right now. God, we, we thank you for meeting with us in this room this morning, that there's nothing that can separate us from your love that as we came together, we believe we were gathered in your name. You are right here with us uh, as surely as the person sitting in the seat across from us. And Lord, I ask that as we go from this place today, that you would continue to be that real in our lives. I, I thank you again, Lord, that you're not limited by four walls or a location on a map, that you go where we go. And I ask right now that as we go back to our workplaces, to our houses, to see our families, back to school, whatever it is, Lord, I thank you for your presence that surrounds us in those places, that changes the atmosphere, that lets people feel and experience and know your goodness. Lord, let us be conduits of comfort. Let us be ones that uh, share your love in such a way that it becomes real to people. Let us be carriers of kindness that would draw people to repentance. We just say we love you, Lord Jesus. We honor you this morning. We thank you for being with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.